The battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Get ready for TJ and the Bear on WCVT. It's a, it's a <laughs> All right, so uh, talk about stuff. Like, what was what was the whole point of us getting together? We were going to talk about the Stary Wash event. Yeah, we could do that for a little bit. I okay, wrote about that, I take it away, about TJ. Kidding. All right, so I how did how did this come about? How did like were you just thinking I want to do something for like promotion of Stary Wash or because the Chicago area? I mean, you're both like Chicago area dudes, and you you seem like um, you're kind of part of an overall community there. So was it mm-hmm. like you wanted to have an educational thing for the Chicago land area, or you wanted to have something to promote Stary Wash or a little bit of both? It kind of worked all together because like I've pierced at the Chicago convention now for the past like five years. Um, but when I used to go to it like, you know, years before that, it was kind of, and that was back before it was in like as big as it is now, or it was in like uh, the Donald E. Stevens center. It was in like the little hotels across the street. Um, so you're talking like, you know, a couple hundred booths. I think the one year they had like 300 and they were happy about that. I think last year it was a little over 900. Um, but when they used to do 900. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man, I remember when they had it in the Donnelly Stevens. You like walked in, you just instantly started sweating because the ceilings were so low, and it just oh, there was too many people. Like across the street, like the the hotels and stuff. Like they had it in the Crown before. Um, mm-hmm. and the Hyatt once. I remember when the Hyatt we walked in, and you just got hit with like sweat and green smoke. Like it like immediately got ten degrees hotter, and all you could smell was like people getting tattooed. And uh, yeah, I remember that one being no. And like this one's and now they moved it over here. It's huge. And um, but they used to do, you know, littler classes. They used to do these two tattooing classes. Um, uh, they used to do piercing classes and like, you know, basic ones. I remember one I attended before I even pierced was like how to do a microdermal. Um, and it was like 50 bucks. And you got like walk through how to do one of those guys, which, you know, it was a five minute class. Sick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I, wanted, I, I missed that part, though, because I remember going and, like, that being a part of the classes. And then, yeah, I, I like the Chicago area has a lot of piercers, a lot of piercers that like when, especially, like, when you come out and there's classes around here, I knew they'd want to go to it. Um, and then do, do something for Stereo Wash that was a, a little different than uh, kind of the, the normal, just uh, basic promotion. Um, we're going to take the profits from this class, and that's what's going to our conference scholarships. So um, I think we'll be able to give away like at least four conference passes this year out of all this. So it kind of like <laughs> so good. Can you just um, cue the, the Dawson Creek music, please? Uh, <laughs> you're in charge of that one. <laughs> I'll find it. But no, it just, it kind of wrapped it all together. It got something Gary Wash could do. Um, it brought classes back to the Chicago convention, which I really used to enjoy personally. And uh, it's, I think it felt like it was a good weekend to bring everybody together too. So, uh, no, Baron, I was excited. Thank you guys for doing it. Baron, have you ever pierced at a, at a tattoo convention before? No, I have not. Um, I, I 
yeah, I just haven't. What, what are your th- <clears throat> what are your uh, what are your thoughts on piercing in the convention? Either um, from like Baron, your perspective of like having not done it before, and and TJ of having done it before. Um, I think it could be. I, I mean, I think it's possible. Um, you know, uh, you just got to be very understanding and aware of the fact that you know. You're, I mean, I'm I'm coming from a place where like I I have my own room, private walls, everything like that, and, and in a convention you don't have that. So I hope you like piercing in front of people, um, because people wear will like just stare you down while you're doing stuff, or they're gonna ask you a lot of things that you don't normally ask because it's you're gonna have a giant influx of you're gonna have more people coming in as well, and uh, that's just uh, I mean I'm I'm comfortable with it. I just never plus there's. I don't, I don't. I just like to go see my friends and and hang out because that's when I, you know, when everyone gets together, especially in the Chicagoland area, I can just like hit up the convention, and just talk to everyone, as opposed to just be working it kind of thing. It's it's super different for me because I've I've pierced at the Boston Tattoo Convention uh, for uh, nineteen or twenty years in a row or something like that. Oh wow! And it's like it's evolved for me. Like now, I bring I bring a full vinyl tent. And I make, you know, I do a plastic floor, a full vinyl tent. I bring my own lighting. I bring my statum. I bring everything to make like a little, like it, it, the cleanest possible environment, in my opinion. Um, but it's been like a process, you know. I've only done the tent thing the last two or three years in a row, and I, I totally know what you mean about the the stare down thing, where sometimes you look up and there's like 50 people watching you do a piercing, and it's like, oh, okay, no pressure. Yeah. 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 Um I I have been to like Hell City and you know and I I remember uh, that's when I first met Rick Free and he, he had a, his own little like curtain room at at that one of the Hell Cities I went to. Yeah, yeah, I mean if you know the promoter and you can get like a if you can get a good spot in it. I think promoters can be a little bit spotty because if they're if they're thinking in a tattoo mentality, they might not think that, you know, well why would a piercer need privacy or why would this, why would that? But I think if a, the promoter gets it and it's like, okay, well, we want to offer something clean. We want to offer something that people who want to get pierced are going to be comfortable with. Whereas like tattooing, I think people are fine having their, their butthole or whatever out on like a tattoo convention floor. No problem. But yeah. if people want to get pierced at one, I think they prefer privacy. What, what did you do, TJ, for your setup? Uh, you know, I haven't the past couple of years. I saw yours um, this past year with like the, the, you know, the pop-up tent, the plastic all on the inside. And I really liked the privacy side of it. Um, the past couple of years, I haven't, I work all disposable. I bring the statum with me, you know, and I, I have really no, I like, I, I have a, like piercing in front of people makes me nervous, but I like it if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. I kind of like, don't mind the crowd or anything like that at the same time, it, you know, it's kind of fun to do. Um, so this year I think I was going to do maybe a half wall or something like that. But at the same time, honestly, when I do conventions, I'm very like lax with it. I'm not trying to pierce everybody. Um, I'm not trying to do every piercing. Uh, I bring pretty much a very limited and it kind of sounds a little ridiculous, but like a high end stock. And that's about it. Mm-hmm. Like I bring oh and a ton of gold. Yeah. Um, and I'm really out there doing a, a ton of stuff because in between that, I'm also, you know, it's a stereo wash booth that I'm usually piercing out of and stuff. Um, and kind of just walking around and like, you know, like, uh, bear said, enjoying it. There's a, there's a lot of people there. I want to go talk to, you know, maybe that moved out of the Chicago area or back for this, this convention and stuff. So I've kept it pretty like minimal, you know. Bring mm-hmm. sterile, work clean, work disposable. Run everything through the statum. I don't bring it. The first couple of years, I brought like all every piece of jewelry I owned and tried to do every piercing. And now, in the past couple of years, I've kind of just backed off on it. So I, I like the idea of having a little bit more of a private space. I liked your booth this last year with like the plastic and everything and the lighting too. 
Um, I've yeah, the lighting was a big deal because there were <laughs> there were plenty of years where you know I think piercers are used to that thing where you have to like you're you're bobbing your head around left to right to like get just the right little glint of light to be able to perform this piercing. Uh, and it makes a huge difference when you can just like bring your own lighting or use a headlamp or whatever you have to use. But yeah, when you go to scenarios like that, it's like, imagine you're just setting up in a void of nothing. Like don't assume that anything will be there for you, including lights or trash oh, or yeah. anything. They're going to provide a floor and that's usually it. <laughs> yeah. And you happen to get the booth. that's like where the light is burnt out the entire convention center and they're not really worried about it. So yeah. No, I've been there, done that. So I, I just try to bring like you know, uh, like good lighting is probably the only other thing, and I might do a half wall this year. But I keep it pretty, pretty relaxing. It's nose and ear stuff, you know. We keep uh, doing cool things and just kind of, you know, I, I, I don't know, I don't know how to put it without saying I half-ass it. <laughs> I'm no, I, I get what you mean. Like you know, Spartan. It's just very Spartan. What yeah. you need and nothing else. Yeah, I, I bring like basic stuff, and uh, you know, if you want to do that, that's cool. And then I might just kind of, oh, I'm not piercing for the next couple hours, you know, uh, I'm, I'm hanging out, or you know, we're doing things, or I'm actually eating for once. Yeah, um, I, I try to do a lot there, but at the same time, I don't want to overexert myself. I don't want to do a piercing that I'm not comfortable with, or maybe that I'm not comfortable doing at this time because of everything happening. Um, I just don't put myself in that position, I guess. I've gotten oh. talked into dumb stuff at conventions before. Right. I Now I have that same kind of mentality. It's like, I just want to bring my A-game. I don't want anyone to try to steer me off of my A-game for whatever reason. If somebody asks me for something that I don't want to do at a convention, it's like, you know, okay, rather than doing it and maybe not loving it, why don't you just come up to the shop? I'm only an hour north or, or whatever, but... I got talked into doing a, a surface anger on a finger tattoo once, and I, as soon as I was, like, having the person <laughs> sit down for it... I was like, why, why am I doing this? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's definitely the one where you need the. I can tell you at most conventions, surface anchors and like, I I see, that's what I see the most coming out of conventions. Um, At least like when they came into the studio after the, you know, you know, a few couple months afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't intentionally mean to put on sad music in the background. Well, I, I think it's, a lot of times when you go to a tattoo convention, it's people that aren't, they're not the educated piercing client yet. I think when we're in our own shops, um, whether they're a repeat or maybe just like a referral from a friend, they might have some sort of concept of what we're doing in our shops. When you go to a, a convention, it's people sight unseen, like they have no idea what's the APP, what's, you know, what's internal thread, whatever, and then they just, uh, they ask for the things that they saw on a magazine or on Pinterest or Instagram. It's like, you know, oh, I want the, I want the Durbles. And it's like, eh, you know what, we don't do that. But they don't want to have the 10 minute conversation about why you don't do it. They're just like, okay, cool. They just walk away and get it from one of the other booths that's doing it for like 25 bucks. No, just get a surface piercing. Just get yeah. a, just, just get a surface bar. I'm, I'm trying to really, um, reawaken my surface piercing skills over the last couple of weeks. I've been making more videos for my classes and stuff. And I'm just realizing that I, I don't like surface anchors anymore. I technically, we still offer them in my shop, but I'd say maybe over the last three years or so, we've really been scaling them back where it's like, okay, we don't, we don't, we don't do them there anymore. We don't do them here anymore. We don't do them. We don't do that style anymore. We'll only do these really limited placements and blah, blah, blah. And even then it's, you know, please consider it a temporary thing, you know, six months, a year, maybe two, but, uh, the, the likelihood of them lasting longer than that is kind of lower. So now I'm really trying to, to think like, 
man, you can do some surface piercings in some areas that can last you the rest of your life if you do it well. So now I'm trying to like mm -hmm. really reinvigorate my surface piercing skills because for, for that whole period of like 10 years or so when surface anchors were a, a thing and they were more popular, I think a lot of piercers just kind of gave up on surface piercing for a while. And, and I don't want it to become like a lost art form because the BME days, people made a lot of headway with it. And then I think a lot of that information kind of trailed off. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Um, I, uh, <clears throat> I do a fair amount of surface piercings in my area because um, I'm one of the very few piercers that will do them. What kind of so, locations when you're saying surface stuff? Um, I'll do chest. Uh, uh, depends on the person and like how – like where the tissue is. I'll do like just underneath the collarbone. <clears throat> um, but it, it all depends on – they have to like move their arms a certain way. I want to see how their skin folds because like they lay on their side. It's just going to – it's just going to pop right out, you yeah. know? Um, I've been doing, I'm, I'm trying to make ver vertical bridges a thing out here. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to do like two more probably in the next two weeks <laughs> and just post them. Um, and then, uh, I've had some, like, it, it really all varies in the person. I'll do napes all day long. Um, but I like to use more of the rounded surface bars for those than the flat ones. Yeah. And, uh, I'll do napes. You are. Yeah. No, I'm I'm uh, not getting a lot of like I would no. like napes. Uh, in my opinion, like if there are people listening and they're like, "Well, I want to try some surface piercings," like napes, just just focus on napes and napes yeah. and napes, and then like, that's go how out from there. But for me, yeah. it's like nobody's asking for napes; they're asking for just anywhere else, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll do anti eyebrow. You know, the underneath the eye, above the eye, transverse eyebrow. Those ones I have really good success with. I've never like. I, I've never really had too many clients come back unless it was like a they got snagged real bad kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But um, those relatively heal fairly easy, and they're they're actually fairly easy to do um, as long as you know you're you know you're following the very very basics of piercing. You know, uh, doing a surface piercing. I, I think it's tough for some people because when you say like the very very basics, you're coming at it from a place where it's like the very very basics of someone with ten years experience in amazing shops. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think a lot of other people are just like the basics of piercing. Oh, you mean put on gloves, you know? So, right. Uh, I, I, I didn't learn to do service piercings in an amazing shop. So, well, okay. Well, <laughs> what hey, TJ, are, are you comfortable with, with surface stuff? Yeah. I mean, it's hard for me when people come and ask for like surface anchors. Cause I have like three in my face mm -hmm. to be like, you know what I mean? Uh, but that's pretty much the only place I put them. They, they go around like the sides of your eyes or and that's pretty much it. Uh, it's surface bars for everything else. And I love doing, I think they're, you know, once I got shown how to do them correctly, they became relatively easy. And then at that point, I just, you know, you, you, you get people fold. I, you know, I have people stretching, stuff like that, crossing their arms, all sorts of things to see how the body moves before we're going to put them somewhere. But uh, they've done decently well by me in the you know, last three years now, I think I've been doing them mm -hmm. regularly. So uh, I get in my area, a lot of people want them like in the sternum area. Um, and they want like the cleavage ones or like just above. And you know, I got to have the arguments on not putting in your cleavage and, uh, you know, go from there type thing. But I do those pretty regularly. The cleavage ones, uh, for there, there was a, a couple of years almost blackout period where I was like, I don't want to do anything around the cleavage area. And I think that was just because I was like, uh, I was apprehensive because of low success rates for surface anchors in those, in those spots. And again, I just kind of, um, I didn't, 
abandon surface piercing, but it wasn't my first thing. If someone was like, oh, I want a little thing on my chest, I'd be like, yeah, surface anchors, no problem. Um, and now it's just like, well, if you want it to heal, I think surface bar is the way we got to go. And we're really going to have to have a conversation about cleavage, movement, folds in the body, clothing, all, all different stuff like that to have that conversation. But um, yeah, sternum stuff for a while, I was super apprehensive to do any sort of sternum work. Surface piercing. In a world where there's surface only surface piercing. piercing. Yeah. In a world where anchors die. <laughs> I just tell clients it's a long-term temporary <laughs> piercing. However, um, one of Brian's clients came in uh, the other day, and he did, uh, like, shoulder anchors mm-hmm. on someone. And they're still there. They're, like, mm. eight years or nine years old. I feel like yep. some of that stuff is like the exception to the rule, not right. like the Absolutely. reason why you should yeah. do them. Uh, she was like, yeah, he did these for me. So I was like, well, good for you. <laughs> I'm not going to do them there. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's a weird conversation for me to bring up with like the, the expanse of uh, education available now, because I feel like, uh, I definitely have a vested interest in what's going on for education because I've been doing that as like a profession for the last couple of years. But I'm noticing like a lot more people getting into the the education space. Um, what are your like what are your thoughts for both of you because you both have uh, you know experience with private classes, experience at nonprofits and, and all that stuff like what what do you see as um, as that changing in the industry because for a long time it was like the information had to get changed from uh, person to person in a shop or maybe if you had another shop in town that you could go and talk to or and then maybe if you could get out to Fakir or the APP conference but now it seems like an explosion of education opportunities so w- what are your thoughts on that stuff? I, I think it's great. <clears throat> I think it's great because it gives people opportunity um, if they aren't able to make it to anything or say they don't have a budget uh, to be able to um, travel to like Fakir or you know uh, any of the the nonprofit uh, conferences, it, it gives them you know the ability to at least get some sort of information at a I, not like a discounted rate, but like at a that's easier for them to to go like to to sit down and listen to someone speak or talk yeah, like about a more it. achievable goal. Yeah, absolutely. And and some people, you know, they're they're overwhelmed by like crowds and, you know, or just like the the mayhem of these things and this little bit more uh intimate gathering of people and more like a piercer hangout with with education and you you know, you make that connection, you make that net, you, those connections and networking with everyone and you know, uh overall you're it's still helping you out in one way and you might learn something completely different than you did at any, even if you did the attend the conferences or, you know, the other learning seminars that are out there, the bigger ones, I should say. Yeah. I think it's just giving more people the opportunity to learn more. And that's what this industry, it kind of needs out of uh, just uh, necessity because it's becoming more popular. There's a lot, I, at least I feel there's a lot more piercers trying to learn how to do things correctly. And there's a lot of, 20 year old information still just sitting in shops and sitting in the shop, you know, next to you, you know? So if you, you you know, if I, if I go into like my area and talk to like four other shops around me, they're all going to have information that I was taught eight years ago. Mm -hmm. So I I feel like it's, it's giving updated 
proper information some like i don't know out there and more of a you know this one guy says this but now there's a class that backs it up as opposed to you know if i go talk to 10 shops in my state and they all kind of care about piercing and give me you know stuff that i like i said i learned eight years ago um i think the 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 it being quality information is the the key point there's nobody i feel like trying to put together any of these and coming out with like you know Use external. I don't care. You know, uh, you right. know, it's just, you know, uh, a little bit of Vaseline or, you know, just you just, you know, prep is green soap. It's fine. There's no of those classes. Um, mm-hmm. There used to be a shop near me that did three hundred dollar one day become a piercer classes and stuff. And they were just, you know, that type of information. Um, yeah, it's not that. So I think everybody that's putting together is trying to focus on quality. And I think that's, uh, you know, catching on a lot harder in the industry. You know, for people that care, you know, all three of us are always using quality jewelry, doing, you know, septic procedures and, and care about learning that type of stuff. We're still the minority in the industry when it comes to piercers. If you outweigh quality shops versus non-quality shops, we're the minority in it. Um, I feel like bringing classes more locally helps kind of spread and build that that community of people that care about the piercing. Hmm. Yeah, that's a, a good way to look at it. You know, I look at it from my bias of like, I, uh, I I've been doing this for a really I've been doing this for a really long time. Like I've been instructing for almost twelve years, and like it's it's taken me a long time to learn how to put together a class and convey information and this and that and whatever. And I just want other people that are that are getting into the education space to to think about the responsibility that comes along with that because um, I I think again yeah people are kind of. T- People are starting with the same minimum standards most of the time, you know, good quality jewelry, good hygiene practices, all that stuff. Um, I, I just, I wouldn't want to see it get watered down to the point where it's people with like very little experience teaching people with no experience and then creating like a false sense of security or something like that. But again, you know, just sharing information is always a good thing. Uh, but I think people just just be aware of like the responsibility that goes along with it and like if you're going to get up and teach a class like be prepared bring your A game and like don't don't just kind of think that it's like an ego thing like go into it as like a responsibility thing. Yeah, I, I feel like those type of you know those are going to come out of this because education has gotten popular and it'll be uh you know a rise and a fall that'll be very short. So if you're, I, I feel like this industry, this industry does not play. Like if you don't bring your A game, it kind of will shut you down or just kind of shun you very quickly. So, um, you know, people are going to make those mistakes, but that's why I kind of meant like quality though. I don't want to see people coming out with the $300 day, learn to be a piercing. We're going to just run through 20 minute on each piercing class and here's your certificate. Go ask a shop for an apprenticeship type thing. Right. Um, I don't want to see those become popular. I don't want to see the, um, you know, they're the just trying to grab a buck or kind of, you know, throw it out there to throw it out there type scenarios. Those I don't yeah. want to see. Uh, other squad classes or people doing private seminars, stuff like that. I love it. I try to go as many as I do. I've tried to go to everyone that's been available to me. Um, it's nice to talk to other piercers in my area that maybe for a long time didn't really do the best practices or put that much effort go to a class like this hit me up afterwards and be like dude i never really took this seriously or or really thought about any of this in this way and it's kind of changed my world on it and that's awesome you know Uh, i want to see that (laughs) not the the half assery (laughs) well it's cool that like now you're you're kind of promoting your own thing to to do that and and share that kind of information like what was 
What was the zenith of it? Like, how did how did it come about thinking like, okay, well, it's going to be at the convention because there'll be a ton of people there, and you know, it's going to be in in Chicago because that's my home base, or we're going to have this instructor, that instructor teaching on certain subjects. Like, how did it start to like come together and click for you? Uh, I mean, to me, it got. I mean, I always tell people I'll be at Chicago, and the speakers that want to like they come and hang out, and I'm always like, you know, let's hang out in the booth. You you can come hang out with me. I don't mind if you watch me. We talk in between clients. Um, or, you know, even after hours is around there, you know, I, again, I was thinking about it. There's going to be a lot of people coming to hang out. I was on hang out with a lot of piercers end up, you know, like opening the drawers, talking about, you know, little piercing things or how I bend stuff, random things like that. Like, what if we put together a class that kind of went around that time where I happened to see everybody. And, uh, with that class, it would also, you know, kind of help, uh, bring other piercers in the area to teach and, uh, you know, help with stereo wash itself. Um, I, I, I still feel like we're a, a littler brand that's trying to get our name out. And, uh, I felt like this was a good way to do it, but not in a, just a pure promotional way. I felt mm-hmm. like it helped bring in piercers to get together, learn stuff together and then go about their way. And not so much just like us, you know, doing banners or billboards or sponsored Instagram ads or, you know, whatever you can think of as far as like your normal promotional type stuff would be. Sure. Um, uh, 815 Body Jewelry is going to be giving away a couple of gold pieces for everybody that attended. That was another thing that was brought. I mean, it's just, you know, it could add in there. It's better for the time that everybody's attending. It helps out, you know, some really good friends of mine. And, uh, you know, I, I thought that was just a way to kind of keep bringing it together. I like community things. I like multiple people working together in this one space. So um, I'd a, like to do It's a really cool thing to do that with like a, a jewelry giveaway too, because um no matter where people want to present themselves as being in the industry, sometimes people aren't really there just yet. And if somebody wins maybe their first piece of gold jewelry in a class like that, that can be, that can like unlock a door for them. You know, like I remember there were, there were points where I was going to conference, but I was like wearing crappy jewelry and I couldn't afford, like I was, I was trolling like the back aisle with like the the (laughs) body jewelry companies that no one, you, you wouldn't want to see people buying stuff there, you know? Um, so when, when people come to a class and it's like, maybe they have the chance to win like a cool gold ring, that might be their first gold ring. You know, they might've just been doing steel or titanium or something like that. And then to be able to give them a shot of something like that, it's just, it's a cool little, cool little bonus. And I, I definitely appreciate the neatness of it. Sweet. I got, you guys like it. Uh, you know, Dalton that runs 815 brought it up and he had a really good idea for it and he wanted to give back. He also loves, you know, the piercing community, piercing, being a piercer himself since for like six, seven years. Um, so I, I was excited to do that. He makes some cool pieces and you know, that, that is, it gives it a come up and a half, you know, you grab some pieces, sell those out that helps you stock like, you know, so much more and kind of expand up there. Right. Um, you know, and it's, it's stereo wash will be giving away some stuff obviously for everybody to attend and things like that. But I like the community of these too. You know, every time that I've gone to your class, it's, I've met with, you know, piercers beforehand for breakfast and we've immediately gone to dinner after. Mm-hmm. Um, you met three or four people that, you know, you maybe talked to on the internet for five, six years, never rolled together and got a chance to actually physically meet. So, um, I'm excited for it. I, I like these for a, a lot of reasons and hopefully we can do more past Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's cool. Uh, what's it like for, for you, Baron? Like, what's it like kind of growing into that educator space? Um, it's uh, definitely a learning curve <laughs> for me. Um, you know, it, it helps me a lot because I, I pride myself on being able to teach uh, or like like be able to impart what I know or like be able to make that, that basic connection for people that might not 
like make it for themselves or they like tell it a different way that makes sense to them mm-hmm. and being able to come up through that and, and shift over is uh, definitely helped me uh, uh, grow as a person and a piercer because I'll be thinking of how uh, like to explain to someone and they'll be like, Oh, that, yeah, that, yeah, do that. That makes total sense. Or this makes total sense. And, and this is why I do it this way because that's just, um, like if you break it down, you know, that's how it'll, it, it really come, what it comes to. So um, are you, are you, uh, thinking about maybe writing some new classes? Cause I know you've been doing the, the needle blanks one a little bit. Do you have any ideas for like other classes in the future? I have to, I'm drafting classes to figure out what would be of best value for someone. Okay. Because well, what that's, I that's... find industry might not be interesting <laughs> for someone else. That's not vague at all. No, uh, that's... That's, uh, I, I get what you mean because you, you want to have, you don't want to write a class that people don't want to take, you know, but at the same time, you don't want to just have it be all flash and no substance. So I, I get the balance yeah. there. Yeah. It's a lot harder than it looks. <laughs> We're talking about the class, right? Yeah. Hey. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, this actually took a lot longer to evolve the penis jokes than I'd assume. So we're yeah. we're doing pretty good, guys. Well, there you go. <laughs> it's just a normal conversation that comes up between piercers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, basically. Uh, so I I don't know. When I feel like whenever you get to a point where there's no one else listening and you can just talk about stuff. Like it always devolves into like talking about genital piercings or like kinky yeah. clients or something like that. And it's never yeah. like in a, it's never in a judgmental tone where you're like, Oh, would you believe this weirdo? It's always just like celebrating the uniqueness and the awesomeness of people. Like yeah. I've got plenty of clients where they come in and it's this total surprise of what they want and their motivations for wanting it. And I just love being like the uh, the facilitator of like their their dreams or their fantasies or whatever. And I, I don't mean like I'm you know involved in their bedroom activities or anything, but like uh, I love the clients that are like very interesting below the belt. And um, sometimes when you're talking to another piercer that can get it, you really want to talk about that stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, when I'm talking to another person, the first thing I do is pull up my phone and start pulling out, like, pictures of penises and things like that. And I'm, like, we're, we're both, like, genuinely, like, impressed or enthused about that. I don't think about the public setting we're in or, right. you know, the fact that we're both looking at, like, a 5.8 PA. Like, that's just fucking cool, dude. <laughs> you know? Well, I, I think every piercer <laughs> also knows that situation where, uh, you know, like – a, a wait staff will come up behind you and like, are you ready to order? And then you'll, <laughs> yeah. you're like, you're showing pictures of like this really complicated inverted nipple or like some sort of like a triangle piercing or something. And you're like, uh, I'm not a pervert. I'm actually a professional. So, uh, can I have a refill in my water, please? Yeah. If you're just randomly scrolling through Instagram, what I was, I got a, a tooth pulled one day and I was at Walgreens and I was just kind of going through Instagram and I realized like I was, you know, it's piercers that I follow on Instagram. Um, so it was just like a bunch of like all in a row, like nipple, 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 you know, random giant earpiece and stuff. And like the lady next to me was just kind of like, she sat over like a seat away. I don't know if she did that because of what I was going through on Instagram, but I noticed she at one point got up and moved another seat away from me. So 
you know, <laughs> watch it. <laughs> uh, I I remember back Invite before. Be like, you want to get in on this? <laughs> yeah, right. What I got. <laughs> before digital like phones and digital cameras and all that stuff, I used to do my piercing portfolios with a, a disposable camera, and then I would bring it to CVS to like have it nice. developed. And lots of nipple and genital pictures on there, and I never got any—I never got in any trouble for it. I think it was because it was an really? automated process by that point. But yeah, it's like going to pick up my prints, and it's like, yeah, and a whole bunch of these are people's genitals. <laughs> See, I uh, thought they would—they oh, wouldn't like develop those sometimes. Like I thought, well, it was, like, I, oh, uh, I guess they did. My like, these tour. This was uh, just after like your disposable camera and like you had physical digital cameras and you'd have to go to the kiosk at like uh, the Jewel or like Walgreens. Well, he had gone to print some photos for a genital portfolio and they put it, they made him put like a blanket over his head in the kiosk while he was like going through (laughs) and doing it. Nice. That's great. Yeah. The struggle. Uh, So I completely just had a brain fart about what else to talk about. Yeah. What TJ t- tell me about oh. like the actual logistics of the class like how do people register for it what's the date what's the cost all that stuff Um so you can re- if you want to register or you need to register beforehand uh you can either email me at piercingbykruger at gmail.com or you can email stereowashgm at gmail um or you just get hold of me on social media we'll figure it out um and I'll get you all set up that way uh, we're going to have it Sunday, March 22nd. Uh, we started at 11 a.m. We got the room until 4. I think I put the class to like 3.30, so we got some leeway on it too um, just to kind of have it open. Uh, I got a really – I thought it's in the Hyatt, which is uh, the Hyatt Regency O'Hare. It's actually connected to the Rosemont through a little sky tunnel and stuff, so you wouldn't even have to go outside to go between the, the convention and the class. Um, but, you know, it's, got, it's a bigger seat, uh, seating area. I think we got like 38 seats and a nicer tech room to let you guys present. Um, and then, yeah, we'll be doing uh, a little thing at the end with 815, giving away whatever jewelry Dalton puts together for you guys. Um, and then just kind of letting you do your own thing. Uh, who's going first? Which one are you guys going to teach first? Uh, I don't know. What I'm do you want to do, do Aaron? Do? I'm frock, paper, scissors. Right. I'm down. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. I, I'm, I'm cool either way. Um, <laughs> so, Baron, are you are you tweaking your class, or are you going to do something similar to um, like what I saw you do in Atlanta? Uh, I'm gonna com- the the one I presented in Atlanta was set up for when I taught it in in the UK, so it was more I guess like a European version because it had like the millimeter com- it was converting millimeters to uh, so metric to standard as opposed to standard to metric. And mm-hmm. I was talking in millimeters more than anything. So I'm going to adjust all that. I'm going to take some, uh, I've received some positive crit- or constructive criticism about different things. So I'm going to go ahead and make some minor adjustments, uh, to make it a little, um, to make it a little bit more, um, not interesting, but, uh, have more, more substance <laughs> to it than I already have. Cause it was, it was our, yeah. All right. Yeah. I suck at this. It's fine. Um, <laughs> So it has more <laughs> substance to it than it had, and it looks and feels way better than I'm not just reading off a screen when I have information on there already. I can just kind of uh, have pictures of things as and explain in my from my speaker notes. See, so. see, you're you're learning so many things about being a dynamic public speaker. <laughs> yeah, I googled how to be a better public speaker. Okay, and I read a bunch of articles on it. Well, that's good, though, because it shows that you care, because there are plenty of people that are trying to 
bust into that that space and like you can be the best piercer in the world but if you can't convey information to people you're going to be a bad teacher you know so i've seen i've seen really smart piercers teach classes and it's just been like completely dead space nobody's gotten it everybody's just got blank stares on their face and at the end of it people are like uh yeah i sat in this two-hour class and i still don't understand the subject so it's good to to be able to convey information well yeah i i think if the class is fun and you're asking them questions and you're engaging uh the class more it it definitely shifts or shakes up that empty space and definitely gets the a conversation going to hopefully you know it doesn't go like you know, completely sideways and off track, but I think Which that's I've had. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so that, that's my question. Sideways. That's my question though, as educators, when you're teaching a class, do you like participation or does it throw you off? Or is it, you know, obviously the level of it, there's like sidetracking and where the class just starts talking to themselves for 20 minutes. But it depends, if you- it depends on what the conversation is. Like if, if people are asking about the subject and it's like a, um, could you articulate that better or could you expand on that? Like I'll, I'll go down the deep end, you know, on some, <laughs> but I think sometimes people, they just want to be, uh, they just want to be part of it and they want to kind of maybe teach from the back or something. So it, it does kind of frustrate me a little bit when people, uh, number one, when they interrupt, but number two, when they like, they put up their hand to ask a question and they just, it's more of like a humble brag, like, you know, Oh, you know what I'm doing in my studio is this and that and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, cool, teach your own class. You know, you know, it's, so it depends. Mm -hmm. Um, if people are like, Hey, you know, could you explain that a little bit better? Or maybe, you know, what would I do in this scenario? Then absolutely. Cause I, I think that participation can really make classes unfold in a, in a way more memorable way. Cause if you're just, if you're just giving a presentation and that's it, uh, it, people might not connect to it, but if people are like, you know, Oh, I got to ask a question that really, you know, unlocked something for me or somebody else asked the, the, the question that they were too nervous to ask or something like that. I think audience participation is great. But I think sometimes people want to like hijack a class, and that gets a little frustrating. Um, I like doing the Ryan Willett method and uh, just calling on someone random and making them answer, like he does <laughs> to me in the class a lot. Uh, okay, do you so rem- <laughs> hold on. Do you remember? The- I remember the first time it was at, uh, it was like a few years ago at a conference. I got up to ask a question at the microphone, so it was like one of my first times ever at a microphone. Uh, and I was going to talk and you're like, I'm over here. Cause I was like staring off in the other direction. <laughs> I was just like, Oh man. All right. This is how this day is going to go. <laughs> uh, I don't remember that at all, but that sounds like something I would do. Yeah. Um, basically like what I like to do is when, when I have some sort of a rapport with someone, if I know that they know what they're talking about, they're just nervous talking about it. I really love to just put a spotlight right on them and be like, Hey, talk about that thing that you wanted to talk about. And, uh, sometimes like there have been people where maybe now this year they're a teacher or they're a board member or something, but five years ago they were just trying to find their, their voice. I think it's really important to give people the opportunity to find their voice and to practice and like develop their voice. So um, when I harass you or other people in classes, it's just because I, I see something in you and, uh, you know, I, I want you to be able yeah. to develop it. I mean, Aww. Right? I'm adding Aww. my own sound effects. I don't have a sound word, so I'm going to make <laughs> my own. 
<laughs> I don't know. There's the, where's the heartbeat sound effect? The thum, the thum. I don't know. I, I don't really have. I can yeah. do these. <laughs> we can start beat. We can start beatboxing. Right. That's the thing. <laughs> All I can think of is uh, the the douche from uh, Parks and Rec. Yeah. The, the radio show. <laughs> uh. Well, you are. You are the douche. Um, oh. So, T- TJ, do you ever see yourself maybe jumping into the the instructor realm, or are you are you happier being more of like a, a supporter facilitator? Right now, yeah, I'm definitely in the supporting side of it. Um, uh, Bear said it perfectly before. It's a lot harder than it looks. Um, even if you just sit down for like 20 minutes and be like, if I were to teach a class, what could I teach it on? And then you go into a bunch of self-loathing and hating about what you actually think you know and what you could present to people and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I just like supporting it. I want to present more of these right now, and I want to bring other piercers in to teach them. I don't think I have any interest in, uh, you know, teaching a class myself right now. Um, in the future, I could. I, I've, you know, public speaking really kind of doesn't bother me, so I feel like I could help relate that way. It's just uh, – I guess being hard on information, you know, I feel like this industry still has a, a level of what I think is right, what you think me think is right, and there's kind of that that difference in it. And I, if I were to sit down and try to put together a class, I have a hard time, I guess, putting together a statement and then being like, I could argue that against everybody. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Okay. I, I've, so. I've had to learn how to put a class together uh luckily you know I've, I've i've been around people who are really killer at it you know like it's impossible to spend a significant time around jeff saunders and not be a better educator just because of the way that he plans and thinks and conveys information and, and like the the best of the best teachers in this industry i've gotten to take their classes and and see how they put it together so there's definitely that where I feel comfortable with it now, but there was a, a long period of time where I was like, I am a fraud. I am not qualified to do this. I don't I don't know how to make a PowerPoint presentation. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, yeah. No, I don't know it's how to do that. It's called imposter syndrome. That's a thing. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's called impo- – I learned, I learned it at the UKPP conference from Kim Hutchinson. Uh, I mean, I, I, I like supporting it, though. I want I want more of these seminars to, to come out this year, but I have, like, I have no interest in teaching, but I'd like to you bring know, you guys out. <laughs> some, some well, a lot of people think, and, and not just, like, in our industry, but it's, uh, what some people think is, like, they want to be, like, the top of the food chain, right? Or they want to be, like, the, the, the star of the show when you could be just as – you could do that, but you could just be support, like – not everyone has to be a leader. Not everyone has to be a, a teacher. But if you're really good at promoting, or you know, speaking out for that person and su- like support, that's just as good as the person that's teaching the class. You know, so uh, some some people or just don't. You know, you could be the top of just doing that too. Uh, it's, it's not something like for. It's not for everyone, but uh, you can always find yeah. your niche and your strong suit as well. Uh, you don't have to always go teach a class. There are, all, you know, we always need good workers and you know, good, uh, you know, uh, foot soldiers in, in in a sense uh, to do that stuff as well. You know, that's that's such a that's such a dismissive way to say such a such a nice thing. <laughs> Just be like, hey, you know, <laughs> everybody no, needs somebody like to you... make their fast food. <laughs> no. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't mean it like that. 
What I'm saying is, no, is like, if, yeah. if, if it's not something you, you, you're like, oh man, I really don't want to do it. I don't really want to try it. But you found, like you said, you're good at, you, you're good at supporting that. So let me translate and, that from Baron into English for you, TJ. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. It's, <laughs> um, it's very, it's very important that there are people who create opportunities for people and you're creating great opportunities for people to share the information that they have and for yeah. other people to have access to that information. So what you're doing is, is really good. And it's, it's cool seeing Stereowash do that because it would be really easy for a company to just, you know, take from the industry and, and not want to give something back. And a brand like Stereowash that's trying to increase their exposure and, and show people like, you know, we care about the industry and we want to support the industry there's really no better way to do it than by creating opportunities for people. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's kind of what I wanted to do with this and kind of my future with it. It's, I guess it's hard for me. Like I, I, am very passionate about piercing. I, I have my famous, I always tell people I nerd the fuck out when it comes to piercing. I'll talk about it to anybody all day long. So I feel like, uh, you naturally get to like, I could do a class, but then part of me feels like I cuss too much. I'm too random on things. Class teaching may not be for me. And I, I've put more focus into this because when this was first brought up, that was the the initial the the partners in stereo and stuff were like, why don't you teach a class? And I'm like, we can get better people, you know. Let's, let's not do an amateur mic night. Let's get people that have done this before and bring them in and make you know quality out of it. And uh, I like to just kind of stick with that. Um, but I'd like I'd like to give the opportunity more. I'd like to bring other instructors and people that have put together classes and want to do this more into you know other areas and, and do more of these seminars for all of those reasons. Um, I think me out though. <laughs> I mean, it's just you know I'd like to uh, to do more with the industry um, this way. I think this has been the 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 funnest way that I've found to do it so far. Yeah, yeah, because you can do other stuff too, but like. People aren't going to respond as well to like, you know, getting a stereo wash postcard in the mail right. or seeing a banner in, in just like the corner of someone else's class. Like, you know, it's putting on a whole event. That's cool. Yeah. And from somebody that like I was like, all right, you know, postcards, Let's mail out like a postcard like we've seen done before. And then you look at like the cost that it realistically means to put together postcards and mail them out. I just looked at that dollar number and been, been like, we could do way better with that amount of money. So, yeah, and, and uh, people just throw away postcards. They're going to remember yeah. the class. Yeah, and that's – I like to, to kind of keep working out that way. Um, you know, and we, we've got like uh, newer things we're trying to come out with too. Hopefully we'll have some like a new products I can get in the ne next uh, month or so. Um, and, you know, we've been trying to improve not only the brand itself but also the products. So uh, there's did a lot you, of Did you just redo like the, the nozzle or something? Was there some yeah. sort of update to the nozzle? So in April, um, our three ounce cans that have the little slide to the side actuator that kind of closes things, um, mm -hmm. that'll be now on our eight ounce cans too. Right now they don't have that, um, but we're upgrading the cans so they'll have the little slide lock and they'll also have a little safety seal on them. So basically, it's a you know nobody sprayed this product until you've gotten a hold of it, broke the seal yourself, and now you're using it. Um, that was something that people in the industry wanted. So for the last year or so, I put it in motion and made it a thing we now have on our products. Um, and then we upgraded the cans to the cans themselves will be made from 45% recycled material. They're already 100% recyclable. You could always tell your clients to recycle them and stuff like that. But uh, now the product that we're already bringing out to you is already made from almost, you know, half of already recycled materials. So uh, we did that. Saving we upgraded the some bag valves. Yeah, I thought it was, it was a really cool option. We tested them out. They, they, they work well. They 
functioned well. Um, they, you know, with that, we upgrade the bag system inside to be a little bit more stronger. Um, so we don't have any problems with like, you know, bags detaching and shipping and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a really cool thing that, you know, it costs a little bit more to do and it costs a little bit more to research and stuff, but stereo wash has been pretty much like if the industry asks for it, we logistically try to make it happen. So, uh, they wanted safety seals. We got them to happen. Uh, we got a chance to upgrade everything and make it recyclable. So they went through the extra effort to make it happen. Um, and that's been really cool. It's, it's fun to, you know, see the right thing to do and they do it. <laughs> that's cool. Cause I mean, we all know what it's like when companies are like, we know the right thing to do, but yeah, we don't want to invest oh. in it. Yeah. And you know, it, it's, it, I get that because, you know, we, we try to bring in a product. I get brought 12 different versions of a product and, you know, there's definitely the one that's on the lower price point that that could, that's passable, you know, that that's tape that'll work for three months. Um, and they never bring me that product anymore. Like we've talked about it and kind of the, you know, the standard that we want to set. I don't get low products. It's all high end stuff that we try to improve and expand on. So it's nice. It's nice to have that support. That's cool. Yeah, no, I'm excited. Uh, the new cans will be, you know, a, a big upgrade and then the safety seals and stuff are pretty awesome. We changed a little bit of the, the actual, like we used to have a, a suggested use on the can, that doesn't work for everybody across the country. So we changed it from saying something along the lines of, you know, three or four times a day to saying pretty much as your piercer directs. Yeah. So, like as needed. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, it made, uh, I felt other people, it felt you guys more confident piercers themselves selling it out that way than having to argue what's already on the, on the, you know, the can. So, yeah, that's good. Yeah. And that, that was something that took me a little while to really like click in my brain is, n- not everywhere is going to have the exact same aftercare needs. So you want to have a little bit of flexibility so that yeah. uh, people can just kind of adapt it to whatever they need. But that's uh, good. Good job. Thanks. I'm trying. You know, it, I, I feel like I took an opportunity that I was given to me and I've ran with it so far. And it's kind of built into something that I can be uh, pretty proud of because we're just as focused on bringing good products that the industry needs to the table as we are supporting the industry with it. So, uh, I know I'm, I'm very happy with the company and I'm, I'm very happy with the direction we're going with it. So I thank you guys for doing this. You know, I know this is, uh, you taking time out of your schedules and kind of just coming out and doing a class for me that's untested, um, unproven and stuff, but you've done a lot to give me confidence and to be able to do more of these and that this was a, a good idea to begin with. <laughs> I'm traveling on a Saturday too. I never do that. I, I really? usually, my classes are almost always on a Monday because I fly out on a Sunday when my shop is closed. Cause I normally oh. pierce on Saturdays, but I took a Saturday off to come and teach at your thing. Wow. Oh, because I love you. Snap. <laughs> you took me to a uh, wrestling show and now you're taking a day off for me. I feel like we're kind of dating Ryan and I'm okay. <laughs> you're going to have to, you're going to have to fight Lola over that one. <laughs> I'll do it. All right. Well, um, so, uh, again, well, so tell me, give me all your shit. Give me all your bona fides. Uh, Baron, where are you working your social media? TJ, where are you working your social media? And then drop the info about the, uh, the event again. Okay. Okay. Uh, again, I'm William Baron. I'm at currently at Born This Way Body Arts in Knoxville, Tennessee. And you can find me at, at Bear Body Piercing via Instagram and yeah, Instagram. <laughs> uh, I'm TJ Kruger. You can find me at Monster Inc. Tattoo and Piercing in Crystal Lake, Illinois. Uh, Instagram's Piercing by Kruger. 
Um, I'm the brand manager for Steriwash. Uh, we're going to be putting on the Steriwash Professional Piercing Seminar Sunday, March 22nd. Uh, it'll be at the Hyatt Regency O'Hare, Chicago, which is Rosemont, Illinois. It's the same weekend as the Chicago Tattoo Convention. Um, Ryan will be there doing his ethical upselling class. And uh, William Barron will be there with uh, his versatility of needle blanks. So, And then 815 Body Jewelry will be doing a gold jewelry giveaway at the end of the class for everybody that attends. You can register by emailing me directly at piercingbykruger um, at gmail.com or steriwashgm at gmail.com. And uh, yeah. And also, yeah. Uh, just to remind you, we're going to that Princess Bride pop up bar thing. Hell yeah, we are. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Yes, sir. You know, I can, I can, I can feel the enthusiasm coming through my speakers. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, we're going. That's already been set on that. Oh, um, yeah. I already got some gifts for you, but like you know, uh, Baron, what's your favorite drink? What are you gonna need to make Malort. it through this weekend? Yeah, I was oh, is it okay? I, Malort, if I'm drinking. No, any. nobody's <laughs> drinking any fucking Malort. I mean, I have kerosene. We don't have to go buy things. <laughs> no, all right, it's fine. <laughs> no, no, I'll just drink more. It's fine. When in Chicago, you—that's what you drink. That's that's I, what that's the way. Just, well, just make a style. deep dish pizza smoothie. Style. You want old style? <laughs> a Chicago hand, a uh, Chicago handshake. That's what's. <laughs> All right. Gonna so bad. I'm officially wrapping this up because we're going off cool. the deep end. Yeah. Yep. Okay, guys. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Cool. Thanks for doing this, Ryan. Thank you, guys. Uh, I'll see you soon. Yep. Okay. See you soon. Later. Oh, get uh, get get uh, Modern Warfare. Yeah, Modern. I'm literally gonna get it. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. I appreciate you sticking with me through this bonkers episode of TJ and the Bear. Uh, that class, again, is going to be Sunday, March 22nd in the Chicago area. You can email piercingbykruger, with a K, at gmail.com. You can get some information. You can get registered. Uh, I've got a few more classes myself. You know that I've, I've always got classes. I've got Sunday, April 5th in Boston. That's going to be the Daith class, Expand Your Knowledge. But I think I'm also going to drop a little bit of bonus surface piercing information. I've been working on a lot of different videos and stuff for maybe a future surface piercing class and uh, if we have time after the date class I think I'm going to drop in some of that stuff as a, a bit of a bonus for the people that signed up for it. So that's uh, Sunday April 5th in Boston at the Boston Tattoo Convention. If you want more information about that go ahead and email me at ryanpba at gmail.com follow Body Art Education by Ryan Willett on Facebook or you can check out precisionbodyarts.com seminars and I've got one more to announce for you. It's uh, Monday, April 13th. That's going to be the day of classes in Manchester, England with Lola Slider. It's going to be the Ethical Upselling, Sell Smarter, Not Harder class. That's the one I'll also be doing in Chicago. But then we're also going to do a marking workshop. We're going to talk about marking with a pen, marking with gentian, marking with the back of the needle, just doing pressure marks, uh, how to do surface piercings using the, the surface bar to make pressure marks to, so you have just the right fit. A lot of different stuff that we're going to be talking about on Monday, April 13th in Manchester, UK. If you want to get signed up for any of that stuff, go ahead and email me at ryanpba@gmail.com. So thanks for listening, and I'll be back next week. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved. Uh... 
I want it. I, I find a lot of studios. I, I really would like to. I, I know it's been done before. Uh, I'd like to make a going disposable class and kind of explaining, um, like trying to get people to understand that, like, just because you're going disposable doesn't mean you're going toolless. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then different ways in how it works and, uh, you know, the, the, the pros and the cons and everything like that. It's not just. Oh, going disposable. That's all pros. Now there's, you know, there can definitely be drawbacks for that. Um, maybe some technique classes. Uh, I'm still kind of uh, drawing up like drafts and thinking of what I could, you know, fill, you know, time with, you know, a class, an hour and a half, two hour class with, with something that's worth, you know, teaching uh, for someone. Or <laughs> that's, that's so articulate. You want to teach know, a thing on something yeah. for somewhere with a person. Yeah. Can you just edit that out? How about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I so can't... nervous when you did the first one. I was like, thank God he can fucking edit shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. It's, okay. Uh, Good job. All right. I'm going to go back into this. All right. <laughs> Um, <laughs> TJ and the bear, 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 bear. 